welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the heart or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I spend the first portion of each week deciding what I want to talk about on the Things That Will Help podcast. And usually Monday through Wednesday is spent with me deep in thought and jotting down ideas about that particular topic on those yellow notepads, on those little scratch pads. And those are positioned all over my house um, in case I just think of something that I need to write down. I need to have a new episode to Alex, my producer, by Wednesday or Thursday of each week so that she can have it up to drop on the following Monday. And then my process starts all over again. Sometimes different things from the news or the state of the planet fuel what I talk about each week. And I can't always anticipate what might be in people's hearts or minds collectively when I decide on the topic. Also, while it's my intention that this podcast be relevant and match the current state of things, I also want these episodes to be archival and supportive even when you listen to them in five years. And of course, I want them to be relevant for my non-American listeners, who I'm certain are very weary (laughs) of hearing about all the shenanigans that the U.S. is involved with. And I know that many of you will be listening to this episode after we know the election results. And so I wanted to record something that would be good for your hearts and good for your nervous systems, even though I don't know the results of the election as I record this. So today, what I have for us is incredibly simple, but incredibly helpful for right now and for years to come. Today, we roll out the red carpet. And this idea comes from a parenting expert that I listen to sometimes named um, Janet Lansbury. And she has a podcast called Unruffled that I like about parenting. And she talks about when kids are having a tantrum or a meltdown, it's helpful to roll out the red carpet for their feelings and actually let them feel it. The whole roller coaster. Let them carry on, she says, and affirm the unraveling, not to tamp it down, and not to let it change your mind or your boundary that you've set, but just to let them get it out. Brilliant. And the first time I tried it, to my surprise, it worked. Otis was losing his mind recently about supper choices, and I said, I understand, buddy, that you're upset because we're having broccoli instead of cereal for supper, and I rolled out the red carpet for his meltdown, and he just let loose. He tore through some tears and then it was interesting, they started, the tears started to slow down through the medicine of being heard properly. 
And after a few minutes of me saying, I get it, I know you want cereal, I hear you, but we're going to have broccoli. We need healthy veggies to nourish our body tonight. And he started to settle down. He eventually walked off this red carpet that I'd laid down for him, and he ate supper without that much fuss, and we carried on. Because it turns out he kind of just needed to throw a fit and be affirmed in those feelings. And this is easy to consider for kids in this way. It seems simple enough, you know, when I tell stories like this. But I do not see us permitting the same kind of allowance for grown-ups. But I think we all need to roll out the red carpet for ourselves and each other and just really let ourselves not know what comes next, to revel in the wonder of that. For a period of time, when something is fresh and new especially, it's important to just let it land and feel what you feel. And to feel the whole thing, be curious about it, without a next step or a plan. And I think that's the snag for us, is that we want to be on the right track. And I'm here to suggest that simply feeling something without moving it into productive land is actually the right track. And I think this goes for all things, both big and small. So if what you have now on your kitchen table is relief, I want you to feel that all the way down to a muscular softening. When is the last time you really enjoyed what relief feels like in the cells of your body? And if instead it is rage that you have on your kitchen table, then I want you to let it burn and thrash and howl and don't try to tame it. Throw some dishes. (laughs) Not at anybody, but go outside and break some old dishes against the side of your house. Who cares what, what your neighbors think? If they think you're cuckoo, then oh well. Go out to the middle of the woods and scream and let it out. Let that rage go somewhere outside of your body. And of course, there are a million other feelings too that might be on your kitchen table. And I say serve them all for supper with a side of slow down and roll out the red carpet. And let those things that you feel right now be jagged and unproductive. We love boxes, don't we? We love to be moving to the next thing and checking off boxes. We love to be right, and we prefer not to be in an in-between space. This red carpet allowance feels like it's an in-between space. Otis, dry your tears and get over the cereal and get to the table to experience the broccoli. Box it up, buddy. So the red carpet space feels unsafe and it feels unsure. 
And it's definitely not in a box that we tend to be comfortable with. But if we let ourselves just feel without any boxes, at least for a little while, then we tend to avoid those feelings getting stored away in the cells of our body, causing trauma and sadness for years to come. Because those feelings will go somewhere if they're not expressed and tended to. And here's what we usually do. We squish those unexpressed feelings down. And then much later, we turn them on our loved ones for something usually that's totally unrelated. So my interest and my ask is that we learn to stretch out the, the feeling period a little and make the red carpet a little bit longer before we start straightening the covers and being productive again. I'm going to give you a light example. It's like your living room on the morning of Christmas and everything feels sticky. P.S. I tell this story from the perspective that cleanliness is something that gives me great joy and helps me to order my heart and my spirit. So, sticky room. And you and everyone else still has on pajamas and is on their third coffee treat. And there's pancake batter that's turning into a firm glue on the pans and the dishes. And there's wrapping paper everywhere. So that's the scene. And there's part of you that feels like you should stand up and be productive. And there's even part of you that wants to be productive. That wants to just clean it up and zip it up. But this is where I would ask you to wait. To feel the stickiness and to settle deeper into the couch. Because there's a gift in this and just being instead of doing. And we're not, we're not that good at this, most of us. And I, I think that this can be told from an indulgent, sweet stickiness of Christmas morning place and learning to enjoy that instead of boxing it up. And then it can be told all the way to the heat of betrayal or the anger of injustice. So letting yourself linger in things a little bit longer. I think the stage of really feeling things first is something that we skip because it's hard, because it's vulnerable. And we are more comfortable in production than we are in abiding something. And the word, I looked it up, the word abide means to bear patiently. Because even if it's joy that we're feeling, we hesitate to abide in it. To abide and to relish the feeling before we're on to building and boxing more feelings like that. Or if it's hurt that we feel, we are so quick to skip over it and to cover it up because we want to feel good again. And maybe the reason that this is, this is so hard, this before production red carpet for your feelings place, is because society doesn't really count it. Or it only counts it as hysteria or a, or a phase to just get through that nobody should see. 
And this red carpet work boils down, I think, to presence. That's the center of the Russian nesting doll in this idea. It's the, the, the very center, the tiniest doll, the center seed is presence. To be with the all of it, however it's coming up. And there's another component to all of this, and that is, is that we cannot do this gorgeous red carpet abiding in the, the rush of feeling step alone. Community and gathering is essential in this place of where we are. And, and what we've all been through. Something that truly helps is to be seen and held by others for the feelings that we're in, that we're in the middle of. Instead of being told that we're too sensitive, that we're overreacting, that we need to move on, that we need to bounce back, that we should look for the good, or where is the learning in this? Sometimes, plain and simple, we should just get to wallow and howl and laugh and gloat, and celebrate, and scream, and not know what brick goes in next. To live in the question instead of the answer. To live in the process instead of the product. And your people, the ones that can be in your tender, right after something has happened, space, I hope that you find them this week, which is hard because we're still in a pandemic with numbers on the rise and there's cold weather coming. So I think we have to get creative to trace meaningful lines to one another, and we can. And I know it's not the same, but we have to get on the phone. We have to write real letters. We have to record voice memos and send it to each other. We have to mail care packages. And this, this might be a really hard week. Or this might be a week where you are sobbing with joy and the relief of four years of trauma in your body. But that neutrality, if you listen last week, that neutrality that you gave up, last week or last lifetime. That move requires that your people are in your corner. And we might have to work a little harder to find warm hands right now. Let me tell you what Otis is doing. My my four-year-old blesses his little four-year-old heart because we are truly trying to keep my, my mother safe from COVID-19 and we are being incredibly conservative still about seeing anyone or going anywhere. And Otis is a rare extrovert in our sweet little family of introverts. And Otis has had to get creative about finding connections with people. So he made them up. (laughs) He carries three friends around all the time. Timmy, who's a giraffe, which was Benjamin's when Benjamin was tiny. So it's a 48-year-old yellow and tan velvet giraffe. And the second friend is a white lamb named Wooly, who looks more gray now than white. And 
llama llama red pajama. And they're more really than just stuffed animals. We, Matt, myself, and my mom, who Otis calls Vivi, are are responsible for providing the voices for these friends. And Otis has very lively conversations with them about all kinds of things. We have breakfast with them, and they ride in the car with us, and they comment on the music and, and what have you. And also, we have trees and Halloween decorations in our hood that we talk to and visit regularly. There's this house on the corner, and we were there the other day for 40 minutes or more, Um, talking to each one of the monsters and finding out how they came to be decapitated in the yard and why they were hanging off the porch. Otis, the reason I have dark circles under my eyes and skin hanging off my body is that I'm tired and I'm 200 years old. So we're just like making these stories up for him, things like that. So we have had to get creative. We build connections even the imagination of connection, where we can, because that is what soothes the human spirit. And we can't do this alone. We're not built to do this alone. And all of us, I think, even the introverts who thought they would just kill it at quarantine because they thrive on alone time, we are longing for each other. Brene Brown had a really helpful episode on her podcast recently about burnout and the importance of completing the stress cycle, which is kind of a sister subject to what I'm talking about, this rolling out the red carpet for our feelings. Um, And what struck me most about this episode and what felt so profound, she had Emily and Amelia Nagoski, who are sister twins and really brilliant humans, They were her guests, and they talk about the remedy to burnout and how when we don't complete the stress cycle, we stay in the burnout tedium. And they gave really specific and simple remedies for completing the stress cycle. Things like physical exercise, conscious breath, um, a meaningful social interaction, a really deep cry, a big belly laugh, and a hug, a hug in particular that lasts 20 seconds or more, so where you really have an oxytocin release. And I encourage you to listen to the whole episode, which is chock full of the science behind all of this, but my gold nugget takeaway was that we have to finish things in full, that even when the stressful event has passed, a release comes through the form of connected and purposeful behavior, behavior that's allowed and that space is carved out for. Matt and I did a thing I want to tell you about. It was his idea, and I loved it, and then I blew it, and then I repaired it, and then it was helpful. And it started because, his idea started because we were both just really low, like unexplainably low the other day. And he said, you know, so much has happened this year, from the birth of our baby to the death of my dad. I mean, so much. And in between, so many little curveballs and crashes. 
And they've come so fast that we haven't been able to take a breath or grieve or feel most of it before the next thing comes. And I said, yes, I I think that's true. And so he said he wanted to build a timeline together. And we did of the whole year so far. And we talked through the hills and the valleys of each thing. And it was a lot, a lot, a lot. And after the first two mentions on the timeline, I completely crashed the train. I started to try to solve each thing aloud and describe each event silver lining and how such and such has been a good teacher and how I can already see the lighthouse from that crash and how things were even better on the other side of that. And Matt just stared at me. And he said, can we just feel these things instead of discuss how we have already learned from them and made diamonds out of the coal? And I was like, oh, yep, yes, we can. So we cobbled our way through them. It took us all night, multiple cries and ice cream and wine for me, for net for him. And we made our way through the year. No silver lining discussion Just the dry wood of the hard things, all cut and put into the corner next to the fireplace ready to burn and use for the warmth of another day. And we went through all the suggested ways to complete the stress cycle. We moved our body. We practiced yoga together. We breathed. We fought. (laughs) I don't think that's one of the, the... complete the stress cycle ideas that those uh, brilliant ladies mentioned, but, but the fighting actually sort of helped. We cried, we laughed, we hugged, we hugged a long time, more than 20 seconds, and we absolutely rolled out the red carpet for each other. So here's what I have for us. I hope for more questions. I hope for less boxes and skipping over yourself. I hope for more wonder. More wonder. For longer spaces where you can come apart. Which eventually means more consciously putting yourself back together. There's a woman named Tanya Crosby that I follow on social media that... I like to to see her post. She always has something to say that is thoughtful and and she's full of wit and candor. And I saw Tanya post something on her 44th birthday today that broke me open. She wrote so beautifully about how her biggest growth this year had been the deep acceptance of not knowing how to handle things and remaining more in wonder instead of rightness. And it really struck me, this is world medicine right now. We are all breaking open privately, I think, and it would be a good thing to be honest about it. If we can bear it and wonder about it out loud instead of needing to be right and boxed up and deliver something productive. She also posted a Tom Tom Waits quote that I love. 
He said, we have a deficit of wonder. When I ask people questions now, they get out their phone and I say, no, I don't want to know the answer. I just want to wonder about it for a while. There is a space for ravenous production. And then there is a space where that is counter to your own health and spirit. So feel and feel and feel and wonder. This week in particular. We need to find each other to cry. We need to find each other and tune in and love more. And hug if we can at least virtually. We need to stand next to each other in some way. We need to find each other to scream. We need to find each other to rest. We need to find each other to howl and come apart and not worry at least this week about putting ourselves back together. We need to abide each other and abide alongside each other And this week in particular, I encourage you to roll out the red carpet and be unabashedly where you are. Thanks everybody so much for listening to Things That Will Help. This has become such a passion project for me and something that I really believe in and cherish. Um, I do want to tell you about something fun that you may not know about. Each week, my husband, Matt, who I sometimes tell stories about, he does he creates a a playlist on Spotify to coincide with my themes and it's just really good he has really good taste in music and each one is curated to be very different than the last and they're all archived on a public playlist on Spotify called things that will help and we'll put them in the show notes so that you can access them they're just really special And um, secondly, if you would like to become a patron of this podcast, I do have a Patreon page, which is also on the show notes. I so appreciate your support. Uh, It's a minimum ask of $5 a month, and you get bonus episodes each week, a practice to go along with these stories that I tell, sometimes yoga, sometimes other creative movements, sometimes restorative and meditations um, and breath work. So just a really sweet little add-on. Um, if you're a patron. Thanks again, and I hope that your week is filled with wonder.